Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Would you want KOC to go full Campbell? Uh, this is a reef with the wide left <laughs> substack. I'd go for it on fourth down all the time. I don't care. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and today I am determined to make a reef late for his flight. <laughs> Yeah, Senior Bowl week. So over under, how many times a reef tries to go through the Mobile McDonald's drive through at 1 a.m. and get shut down? <laughs> Even though we can see you're in there, lady. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. Happy Monday, brand new week here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Thanks so much for joining us on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you subscribe, you'll have instant, easy access to that 24-7 YouTube live stream where we'll pop up as well. Here are audio. If you're taking us on the road, the Lockdown Vikings audio feed where you can hear Luke Braun's Lockdown Vikings. You met the Lukes. You met Arif. I'm Sam Ekstrom once again. On today's show, of course, Championship Sunday reaction. Lions blow it. Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. Plenty of coaching second guesses, particularly with Dan Campbell. We'll get into all of that and query whether we would want KOC to be that aggressive coach in the future. Nerdy stats of the day, party fouls as well, and we'll give you the winner of our postseason betting round robin contest. Who's going to get our money for a free Super Bowl bet? We'll reveal the outcome later on in the show. Um, but first, today's program is brought to you by FanDuel, and you're going to want to hear this because the Super Bowl is coming up, and FanDuel has a new promotion. If you make every moment more at FanDuel, new customer, join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So you got to find some lopsided money lines. Get 200 bucks at FanDuel. All right. Starting with Detroit. The Lions lose 34-31. They blow a 17-point second-half lead, 27 unanswered for San Francisco, and the Lions experience real pain. This is my stance on it. As a... Yeah, the Lions, historically privileged. ...has not experienced pain before. I know, honest to God. No, listen to me. Listen to me. As a long-time... As a longtime Timberwolves follower and a longtime Vikings follower, I'm one test case. I think you could ask many other people and they would echo my sentiment. There has been far more Vikings pain than Timberwolves pain over the last 25 years. One of them is in the dredges of their league. It's not real pain. It's more like chronic aches. Real visceral pain comes from real big time postseason devastation and Detroit so, okay, experience. I, I would hundred percent. I would hundred percent agree with you. It is just a kind of, sometimes it's a difficult argument to make and it's very funny. And the thing is, I think for the next couple of weeks, Lions fans will begin coping and saying, well, you know, it's good that we got there and it's not, it actually yeah. isn't. There, it, it's there's already like, Oh, you know, good season though. It's not going to get better, though. It's, yeah, it's like their that, lives changed. That's definitely yeah, going to hurt so, more than. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like so what the Lions have been doing for so long is they've been like, 
walking along the sidewalk and falling flat on their face. And that sucks. That hurts. But what the Vikings have been doing is climbing up to the top of a 10 meter dive and hitting the same sidewalk, right? That hurts way more. (laughs) That hurts so much more. And it's because you got up. It's because you were up there, right? It's because you took a chance. That's Mm -hmm. why it hurts, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I agree with you, Sam. But it is kind of tough to be like, well, they've not experienced real pain. I think it's a deeper, more specific, different flavor of pain. But I'm not going to go ahead and say the Lions have not experienced pain. They have, right? 0-16 is painful, right? But this is heart It's different. Open wounds. It's, it's, different. It's, it's different. It scoops out your chest, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like that, like that, that. California bagel that the guy wanted in NYC. It's scooped, right? <laughs> yeah. Nice. God. It, nice. Yesterday Farm was good the second half yesterday was that viral uh video of the goalkeeper getting kicked in the face by the ball over and over again. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I Scott know of it. Yeah, Sterling. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Scott Sterling. Oh, yeah. If anybody's yeah. seen it, they'll get it. If not, sorry for being uh, a narrow caster. But, but, but Luke, Luke, but, but, how yeah. Inman, were you like, is part of you a sicko? Like, were you silently kind of reveling in another NFC North team going through that pain? Or were you like, silently. go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Inman, where were after you they at? Got to be like the, sorry, I know you asked Inman, but after they got to be like the darlings and get all the pats on the head in the world just for not being a total bleep show for once. It, it, right. Come it's on, the expectations. It's the bar, right? When you're that bad for 30 Yeah, they years, had no expectations. So low, People right? were so patronizing to them. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Our job as rival fans is to point and laugh and it, it, not be like, oh, dear, gorgeous. You guys finally won double digit games. Oh my God, you want a playoff game for the first time since like here's, the, here's here's the thing. Eisenhower so I, I live in this kind of this double world where uh like like a double think kind of thing where it's like abstractly I'm very happy for Lions fans. They deserve to have after all the suffering to have success. But in the moment watching the games, I'm like <laughs> buddy, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's tough to get away from that. And I don't apologize for it. Like, I, I think, you know, watching another fan base suffer the way that you have suffered is its own joy. Right. Like in specifically the way that you have also suffered. Right. Like this is like, oh, man, you thought it was funny when Favre threw the pick in 2009. And guess what? You're right. But it's also funny. Mm-hmm. That Brandon Ayuk caught a pass off of some dude's face mask. That's hilarious. Right. Let's talk right. about that. Right. Right. <laughs> it's funny too. Arif, you're going to be down at Mobile this week. And I know at some point you're going to touch base or hang out with like Jeff Risden, friend of the show, covers the Lions for the last 20 oh, years or so. Up. Like you're going to have to get a welfare check on that guy because let's see how no, he's holding up. Because... He's, he's rough. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be. Can you on, imagine like, going to the Senior Bowl like after that, the Favre? Too. NFC championship game and sitting there at the senior bowl and everybody knows you're the Viking guy and having to listen to that all week. Like that's just brutal, man. Well, we, I, we watched the 2017 uh, NFC championship game. Eat oh, yeah. I, I blacked that out. Yeah. I, I zoned that. Out. <laughs> yeah. We were with Charles, right? We were with Charles yeah. and I'll never forget it. We, we watched the first half or quarter at the bar and we drove down, got that quick seven and you and I were just going nuts. And Chuck was just sitting there looking at us like, wow, I get it. These Vikings fans, <laughs> there's something else, man. Okay. And then we went back, and then he watched us, obviously, sit there and just slowly get quieter and quieter and quieter. 
And uh, Chuck, yeah, that was, by the way, coming off of that was tough. Yeah, a year after 2016. Well, exactly. Yeah. Right. No right. sympathy. It was there. just like, yeah, the Dave Chappelle uh, meme where it's just like, come on over, man. Come on over. I get it. It's okay. Come on over. It's okay. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some more nachos, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my, so I've got two very close college friends. They stood up in my wedding. Uh, one of them, a 49ers fan, California based, the other one from Milwaukee, but a lions fan. And he was watching and we have a a text thread, the three of us, he was watching from an airplane during the game and after the game, total radio silence. And I legitimately Google searched lions fan jumps from plane after NFC championship loss, just to make sure (laughs) he was still with us. And there wasn't a news story because, um, I would, I would be catatonic. Now I did hear from him today. He's alive. He blames Reynolds, like the offensive miscues and in the second half, great on him more than Campbell. I would be down drop. I'd be upset at the defense. I one hundred percent support this shifting of blame from Campbell to Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. No, so let yeah, let's that talk execute. about that. Like, where that what's the pie chart? What's the pie chart? I know we're stealing this bit from another show. What's the pie chart of blame that you would sort of divvy up here for the Lions? Lockdown team? owns the IP of this bit anyway, so it's not really theft. <laughs> yeah, who patented it? That's <laughs> that's legally true. You don't look it up. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's tough, right? It's kind of tough. Like, yeah. Some of the pie chart is like the 49ers played really well. You got to give it to them a little bit, right? Like a, a lot of it is on God. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot Divine of it intervention. Just, like that you play is like, what? I mean, come on. Come on. Come <laughs> like, on. Yeah. That's, I that's guess crazy, that's right? Kindle Vildor's fault, but like there was more going on. Well, Hey, well, okay. what was it? Like, Fight I, chargers? I was it, Kindle was it a Caleb? Like, yes. Who had a bounce off his helmet? that's true (laughs) the exact same thing happened to the vikings earlier well except uh, except Ayuk didn't score a touchdown which would have been nice for me because i had him at minus 110 in our little Mm. side pool Mm. he got out of like you got you got down at the one and then they threw it to him and he dropped it anyway so (laughs) So uh but yeah so obviously uh whatever deity or deities that you consider responsible for the outcome of football games which uh let's be clear all of them um are primarily responsible for the outcome here. Uh, I think that the you you just have to like the 49ers played well, right? The 49ers did a very good job. So the 49ers, I think, deserve more of it than Dan Campbell does, even if he were the top of of the blame ladder, as it were, for the Lions. And I don't think that he is, right? I think that you know Josh Reynolds is up there. Um, I think a little bit Jared Goff is up there, but I don't want to put too much on him because like yeah, he played mostly pretty well. Uh Jameson Williams uh yep. is up there. Yep. Like his drops were not fantastic, right? Yep. Um, so I think those are all you know part and parcel, but I, I'd say Reynolds more than more than Campbell because I mean because the, the call was correct, the play call was correct, the receiver was open, the pass yep. was accurate. Just gotta execute. Hit your hands. Yeah, what more can you ask, mm-hmm. man? Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, 60 Reynolds, 30, maybe not even 25, 30 for Campbell, and then the rest you divvy up to like the Jamison Williams, maybe a little golf, things like that. But yeah, Reynolds probably the scapegoat in that one for sure, more yeah, so he, than Campbell in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you, you you get on, people have gotten on Campbell for not going for it at the end of the first half and then going for it in the, the second half. And the first half yeah. thing, I get, I maybe he's not thinking about this at all. I was thinking about it. 
couple of years ago, the Chiefs miss a fourth down at the goal line before halftime. Bengals come Bengals. back and win. Yeah. And and that served as a huge momentum shift. If you believe in momentum shifts, some of us don't on this show. Um, and I could see like going up three possessions, that feels pretty good. You feel great going into halftime. Um, that's a very easy and convenient second guess. I think I'm okay with that, with the call he made. Um, and then again, tying it up with a 46 yard field goal, it's not a gimme kick. Um, he's this is very consistent. This, this is 75% kick. I want people to be clear about this. You don't make that all the time in the modern NFL. That is a 75% kick. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't blame Dan Campbell if the kicker misses, you blame the kicker. And that's insane to me, right? That like, like the default for whatever reason is to kick that, right? And so we judge it against the default. And the default is you kick that and you make the kick. So if you miss the kick, that's the kicker's fault, not the coach's fault. If you miss the fourth down, that's the coach's fault. And like, it's not consistent, right? Like the idea that you would take a risk and then the risk goes the, um, the op- I shouldn't even say the opposite way, the minimal probability way, either a missed kick or a drop pass. And for whatever reason, we're blaming the coach in one scenario and the player in the other scenario, just because we have a default assumption of what makes sense here when really we should be evaluating, you know, if we, if we play this play a hundred times, given the exact same circumstances, right. It's the lions against the 49ers, whatever, what helps you the most. And that's your, your job as a coach is to do that one, right. The one that helps you the most. And honestly, I think that Campbell made a judgment call that the fourth down attempt helped him the most. The data does back him up. Fine. But he's also talking about how like game situation and how his players are feeling and how much he trusts his offense. And let's be honest, they were running all over the 49ers in the first half. It makes mm-hmm. sense for them to think that they've got an advantage there. So I, I don't know. That's a 75% kick. That's 75%, not a 100%. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what, like what you got things- an 18 and the dealer's got a, a four. Like I'm hitting that three out of four times every time, right? Yeah. You're hitting an 18? No, I'm I'm cashing in. I'm winning oh. that hand. So oh, you're, oh, you're winning the bet. Cashing in. Yep, I'm hitting that. Yep. One of the things like, that no, nobody's hitting an 18, sus- Sam. Suspect. Nobody's hitting an 18. <laughs> uh, one of the things that Matt Derry said on Locked On Lions well, about those plays was it wasn't the the go for it that wasn't his problem at all. It was going. It was uh, coming out at empty shotgun in both of those mm. plays mm. and not using any threat of the run or anything like that. Which I, I think is an interesting way to way to look at it. I don't know if I hate it because on, on those two fourth down plays, the first one they had it like the Josh Reynolds was, yeah, was there. open for sure, but he just dropped it, and it's like you didn't call the drop play. Like at a certain point, like the coach can make the decision and play the odds as best as he can, but you, you Dan Campbell can't run out there and catch it for him. That's just very clearly just Josh Reynolds's fault. And um, I mean, I don't know mesh on fourth and short. I'm I'm basically never going to be mad at either. Yeah, that, one that was the last one. Like that's a, that's always going to be a, a nice staple play call when you need like three yards. Uh, and and I think like I don't know. I want to challenge people. I want to challenge people's critical thinking. Like, are you capable of looking at a decision that was correct but didn't work and like parsing that out? Are you capable of looking at that and saying, okay, I get it that that's going to work more often than not, and it didn't this time. And instead of saying you know, shouldn't have done it. Maybe we can be better at diagnosing the problem, right? The problem is Josh Reynolds dropped the freaking football. Like that's the correct diagnosis of the problem going back and saying, well, they shouldn't have gone for it on fourth down. Then you wouldn't have had that Josh Reynolds drop. 
that's not critical thinking. Right. And then right. you have to think. Well, I, I think I think Luke's uh, analogy is as difficult as it was to parse out because he said the word hit uh, <laughs> with <laughs> with blackjack. Uh, makes sense, right? The dealer shows a four. You have an eighteen. You take that, right? And then the the dealer draws a ten, has to hit on that because of the rules, and uh, draws a six after he has to hit, right? And you can't be like, okay, well, the dealer got twenty. I I, I should have shouldn't have hit. Yeah, I shouldn't have. Right, done that. like you right. can't, like you can't, you can't know that, right? Um, obviously, you know, you know what the outcome of the if you hit was, it was a six, right? So you probably would have busted either way. But you know, the analogy works to some extent, right? Like that you you work with the information you have and you play that the odds that you have, right? That 18 is going to win more often than not when the dealer shows a four. And so you just you take that you stand on the 18 because obviously you stand on 18, especially when the dealer shows a four. Right. Um, that's it. That's what you have. Right. And and to evaluate it based off of, well, the dealer ended up winning. Right. The dealer ended up with 20. So you lose. Like, that's a crazy way to look at it. And that's no way to go through like hands of blackjack. Just like it's a crazy way to look at football and just say, well, on that play, like what are the which which odds are higher, right? The drop or a missed field goal? A missed field goal, those odds are way higher at 46, 48 yards, right? Like mm-hmm. it, a drop happens on like, especially to a receiver, like six to eight percent of plays. Like it, it's crazy to think that that it was an incorrect decision because a normally somewhat reliable because this is not thrown to Jameson Williams on that play, right? A normally somewhat reliable receiver would drop that. The, the call was correct. The play call was correct. The pass was accurate. Got to execute. Yeah. All right. When we come back, would we like KOC to be more Dan Campbell? That's next on the Minnesota football party. And FanDuel wants you to have some dough for the Super Bowl. America's number one sports book has a brand new Super Bowl-centric promotion so many ways to bet grab your favorite football snacks fire up the FanDuel Sportsbook app play some super bets um Super Bowl Sunday with the props the the camaraderie the buffets the commercials um it's so fun make FanDuel part of your Super Bowl you've got who's going to score the first touchdown who's going to score anytime touchdown national anthem link all of the great props available at FanDuel new customers join today get 200 in bonus bets, if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So take care of that. Don't do what I did in New York a few weeks ago, if you remember that fiasco. Take care of your five. Find a lopsided money line. Get the 200 in bonus bets. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check out the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Make every moment more with FanDuel for the Super Bowl, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Dan Campbell, last two years, first in fourth down attempts in the NFL. Kevin O'Connell, 16th, right in the middle. And I wrote an article on November 22nd. This was after Denver game, so it's not totally updated. At that point in time, Kevin O'Connell was 24th in go-for-it percentage. I believe it was inside the 50 on fourth downs, like in opponent territory. So he is middle to, to bottom of aggressive head coaches. Dan Campbell's at the top. You want KOC to go full Campbell, Luke Braun? Or would you like a little more moderation than that? I don't care. So that's a yes. 
That's a yes. Sure. Yeah. I like I I I think aggressive on fourth down is good. I think that's part of what made the Lions the Lions. Um I I don't think that that is the thing about Dan Campbell that got them to the NFC Championship game. I think there's like a a a culture in a locker room thing that's kind of very difficult to get your hands on and very very difficult to measure, but it's undeniable about the Lions. Um and I guess yeah, you can find like a win probability edge and you can like look at all of those arguments and it's like pretty clear what the right decision is, but also like that's not the issue that Kevin O'Connell should be focusing on the most. Uh, so I'm looking at a, an updated chart. So that's why I'm like looking up here mm-hmm. uh, from 2023, uh, where uh, the minimum expected go for it increase is at least negative 0.5% um, based on your decision and how often teams go for it when they should based off of a 0.5% win probability change. Very small. But uh, the Lions are fifth in the NFL, right? So it's the Cardinals, number one, Eagles, two, which that one makes sense. I think we all kind of expect that. Uh, Titans, three, and then Lions, five, right? Panthers are fourth. Uh, The Vikings are middle of the pack, 15th, right? And I think that matches our intuition. Um, The differences there are, like like Luke is getting at, the differences there are relatively small. Um, Obviously, they often occur in very high leverage moments. If I change it to 0.5%, so the negative 0.5%, the Eagles jump up to 70, the Lions jump up to uh, 60, and so they're third. The The Vikings actually drop down a little bit, so maybe they go for less optimal scenarios. Um, you know, relatively small, and if you spend more time um, or more of your energy figuring out one or two extra plays that you can execute a little bit better, that may have the same impact, right? It just, it, it just in terms of, um, the way that you invest your thinking and your time. That said, uh, because you can delegate this task to someone and then they can tell it to you from the booth, um, you should have the ability to be more aggressive without it costing you too much in terms of resources. So I would like the Vikings to be more aggressive. They seem to be suboptimal compared to some of the more successful teams around the NFL in fourth down percentage. And I think that that could probably swing um you know, the percentages of a game or two, which could end up swinging a game, especially given how often the Vikings seem to be in these insanely close games, having a couple of extra percentage points could probably get you another game. Um, I would like it. It's not at the top of my list of things to care about. It's not the reason that, like Luke said, that Mm -hmm. Dan Campbell's a good coach. It just adds on. It's like a topping on a pizza. You have to have a good crust. You have to have good cheese. You have to get have good sauce. But like, you know, it's nice to have pepperoni sometimes. Uh, can you go over those rankings again? Where were they as far as success rate? Was that just going for it? On you just down? go for it, right? That was just not, go not for in it. terms of success rate. Do we know um, the success rate? I know, I know from a volume standpoint, again, you just mentioned lines top five, and they were also, I'm, I'm assuming, right? That comes <clears> the, yeah, uh, let me, NFC championship game. Uh, It'd be pretty give good. Me 30 at it seconds. Too. 30 seconds. I was just curious. I, I think it's a fluid situation, game to game, drive to drive as a coach. You know, how confident are you? You've got the edge or a mismatch from a player personnel or, or talent point of view. Cause like, I think it's one thing to, you know, be a psycho and, and aggressive on every drive, every game, just because the analytics say go for it. It's a whole nother thing when you've actually got the right player personnel and the talent that can actually give you a slight edge in those situations. And, you know, even with like Jared Goff not being a, a tush push guy, right? When you've got one of the better old, 
offensive lines in the league, two of the better running backs that both give you kind of a different skill set, and then a premium tight end, a premium wide receiver, some good complementary pieces. You mix all that together, and along with Ben Johnson being one of the you know better play callers right now in the league, I think you stack all that up. That's a huge reason to their success rate. So I, I think you know so when I look at the I, Vikings. I, I, I just looked this up, um, yeah. and Sam might have just found it at the same time. So sorry to yeah, I'm curious to bogart you on this one. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings are sixth and fourth down success rate. Wow, um, which to me suggests that they should go for it much more often. Wow, um, the Lions are fifteenth, which mm-hmm. to me suggests they're going for it an optimal number of times. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what was your criteria, like, Arif? Because I do have different numbers there. I my search on Stathead was last two I, seasons. Was that this year or two seasons? It's just this year. I just looked okay. at. Got it. Um, What's your say? I didn't oh, want to spend ahead. the time going to Stathead and going yeah, through the drop. So two menu. seasons of data, two like last two. So the O'Connell era, mm-hmm. um, Vikings are fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh in success rate. Detroit thirteenth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and obviously the Eagles are like number one because right. Jesus. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that if you are near the top in success rate on fourth downs, that suggests to me you're not going for it on fourth down often enough. You're only going for it on fourth down when you've got like every opportunity. The perfect like, storm. Only, like only on fourth perfect one, situation. Right? Yeah. Right. And and you're just not doing it often. So you need to fail more often for me to think that you're doing it often enough. Unless again you're the Eagles, right? In which case. <laughs> Who can, like you're just right. always converting fourth and one. So the numbers don't really make sense for them. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that I would like it if, if the Vikings did that more often. People who are like really obsessed with um, uh, measures like time of possession, which I, I just do not care about at all. Um, I hate how much also, that gets on TV. Yeah. Should also want teams to go for it on fourth down, but they also tend to be the opposite people. Right, like if possession matters that much, why are you giving the ball away? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I I don't know. Like it's it's kind of weird, kind of where we hit these kind of um, narrative inconsistencies about the way that we approach football games and what wins football games. Like, you know, converting first downs is much more important for time of possession than whether or not you run or pass it on first down. In fact, passing on first down may increase your time of possession because you're marching down the field a little bit more often. Right. And so we think of these like heavy time possession teams as like good defense, run the ball offense. And that might not be the case because time of possession is an anterior stat. It is a product of playing well, not the reason that you're playing well. So I, I think it's kind of silly. Hmm. But um, it, it, just to the point of like, if you care that much about a statistic like that, I don't know why you wouldn't care about, yeah. you know, surrendering more effectively by punting. And we still don't know the Campbell effect, like the Staley effect was Staley got burned so many times he backed off of it. Um, yeah. Campbell's now Coward. been burned in big spots, you know, Cowboys game as well. And uh, will he, and he never back off, off of it? And he I has not he backed will. off of it. He has I not think he's sufficiently it. insane. And yeah, it's perfect. After the game, they were like, do you regret that? And he's like, I don't regret that at all. It's tough. And yeah, it's like a part of the job. I do I have a party foul. Perfect answer about yeah, yeah exactly. No, I agree, one hundred percent. The perfect yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Here. Staley. I think it felt more like he thought he was like I'm playing the numbers 
where Dan Campbell is just vibing. Like his vibes mm. just happen to align with the numbers, but he's, vi- he's really well, vibe. by the way. Yeah. Like, extremely he's well in with sync numbers. for like, sure. He's in sync. Like, yeah. like in, in spots where you think he'd be aggressive and the numbers tell you to not be aggressive, which an ESPN just published a piece about like, Hey, the numbers don't always tell you to go for it. It's just when it comes up, the numbers do because it, it, it's a little bit less ambiguous than you think. So it feels like the numbers always tell you to go for it, but they don't. And in situations where the numbers don't tell you to go for it, Dan Campbell also doesn't go for it. And I'm not saying that that he has like Nirvana won himself into like the the numerical database or whatever, right? I do think that there is an analytical component guiding the Detroit Lions here, but I think that very often he he does employ his understanding of how the team is doing, his understanding of matchups, momentum, whatever, into that decision framework. But it's off of a different um, threshold for when to go for it than other people, and so he his like median matches um, what is analytically a sound median um, for how often you go for it, and like that's like I think that's the thing is like I think the reason that like people get kind of weirded out about this is because they think that the analytics always say go for it and they don't is that. Um, I don't mind, generally speaking, coaches saying, hey, we didn't go for it here because we didn't think we had the numbers or we didn't think we had the matchup or we didn't we didn't feel like the game situation was was right for us. If on average you went for it as often as you probably should have, the individual decisions when you decide not to or when you decide to go for it kind of wash out. But coaches have a, a, a threshold that is much more conservative. And so they will use game situation and context and weather or whatever to decide not to go for it when the numbers tell you to go for it instead of the other way around and go for it when the numbers tell you not to go for it. Like we almost never hear about that, right? We never hear like, yeah. Hey, looking for reasons it, not to versus right. looking yeah. for reasons yeah. to it's do like, it. Yeah. Hey, Proactive. it was snowy and the defensive backs are slipping a lot more than the receivers are. So we decided to go for it, even though the numbers told us not to, Right. Like, oh, that that would be so f- refreshing. But we never hear about that, right? And so no. the median is at a in a weird spot. And Dan Campbell is like perfectly hit where like the average go for it rate should be given the situations he's in. I, I do have a Dan Campbell gripe. Gonna get to it right now in party foul. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. We didn't dwell on this last week. I was mind boggled by the timeout fiasco at the end of the Bucks Lions game on both sides. Oh right, Campbell, right. We didn't Campbell talk about that. royally screwing up the clock, and the Bucks not taking advantage, and Bowles having no answer for it. And I don't believe Campbell was pressed on this. Maybe he was, and I missed it. But he again was not pressed on it yesterday, taking an inexplicable timeout. I, I know yesterday he was not. Um, I watched the post game, and, oh, wow. and again for those that, that missed bad. it, for those that missed it, so bad. Three timeouts in your back pocket, and you need a them. minute to you go. Need them all. You need them yep. to get the ball back. You're not going to get the onside kick. Let's not kid ourselves. That that's that's a possession right there. They call a run play and miss. Okay, so you kind of put your eggs in that basket. That being said, you cannot take that timeout. No, you can't. Not. That's your golden ticket, and uh, they burned it. They burned it. They could have probably taken what ten additional seconds off the clock, run a play, and even if, um, even if it's fifteen or eighteen seconds, you yeah. can't use it. Like, you can't yeah. use it. 
cannot. But, yeah, but but saving that twenty seconds is less time than saving the forty seconds that the exactly. It's the only seconds. thing like, that like gives the, you the, a the chance primary... at getting the ball back again. That's it. Right. Like the primary issue is you, kick, you probably should not have run the ball there. Fine. If you did, you got to run another play. You just, you'd have to have another play already called. Yeah, like it should have yeah. already been called. Yep. All the other players should have known it. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do if you fail on the run play. Right. And then you already like every player knows both plays going into that sequence. Right. And the fact that that was not the situation is, is actually like bad coaching. And then the inability to call that timeout is poor game management. Uh, or the, the the capacity to have to call that timeout as poor game management. Like it was, it was just a mess. Like, and the thing is like, if you're in a situation where you can't, you're in hurry up and you can't spend the time to call a play or whatever, like that's what the practice week is for. You have to have a play in your back pocket for exactly that situation. And it, it, it can't be the same every week, but it's gotta be something that you drilled in practice. So you have to have, a fourth down hurry up play at the goal line. That's it. You have to have one and everyone has to know it. And your backups have to know it in case somebody's hurt. And your third wide receiver is now your fifth wide receiver. Everybody has to know it. And that's a normal part of practice. So mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't go to that right away, first of all, like and there's not much Jared Goff can do if Campbell's calling a timeout. Right. But like, that's like your players have to be up and ready to go. Right. Your players mm-hmm. have to be, on the ball, ready to call, ready to execute whatever play that you drilled uh, mm-hmm. on. Like, what is it? What situational is Thursdays? Right on Thursday. Um, so, like, th- that's first of all. But second, you probably shouldn't have called the run play, honestly. But regardless, you call the wrong play. Fine, you can't because because that timeout is what's allowing you three downs when you kick the ball off. Right, like you need all three timeouts to prevent yep. those three downs from running out the clock. Like that's the thinking. That's all you have. So I inexcusable and it way is. more of an issue than the fourth down stuff. We just spent all this time. Yes. on. Yes. Yes. But it's unambiguous yeah. to me. So people spend more time on the fourth down because you can argue it. And and Sam, to, you're yeah, saying I nobody don't. called them out. Nobody asked. It's crazy. Most game pressure. I watched it. I, I watched wow. it. Didn't hear it. Wow. I get it. There's a lot to go over. Greg Olson about 20 minutes. But... Too. Yeah. Yes. Olson was great discussing this. Um, was great. I've really appreciated his rhetoric. I mean, even going back to decision-making the previous week, I think he's been great. I'm sad that Brady might usurp him. Um, I would try a three-man booth, to be honest. But, yeah, um, any other party fouls regarding Championship Sunday or anything Uh, else? I can't do all the commercials anymore, guys. I don't know. Maybe I sound old. Go ahead. Make fun of me. Pre-game, halftime, two-minute warnings, every single time out. I watched as many commercials as I did football yesterday. Somebody add it up. I would love to know. This this is not unique to you, Luke. A bunch of people were tweeting about the heavy commercial density. Okay, thank you. Particularly in in Championship Weekend. The second half of Chiefs-Ravens where it went punt, 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 and most of them are three and outs, at least half, it was unbearable, dude. Uh, I don't know awful. if I just got to start DVRing it, let it get 30, 45 minutes ahead, and then I can catch you up like live fourth quarter ish. But, but then, you, so then you can't participate on Twitter. I know, right? I know, I know. Speaking it's- of Twitter, uh, yeah. if you tweeted something insane about Jamison Williams in the, in the first or second quarter of that game, you need to repent. Uh, <laughs> that was a completely insane response to Jamison Williams' monthly play. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, man. We got a 70 yard game. A set that would have been the fifth, or I'm sorry, the fourth best game of Jordan Addison's season. The fourth. Uh, 
The fourth best <laughs> game of Jordan that, that is what that game would have been. I am so sick and tired of hearing about it. He's not I, that I, good, y'all. He's wide receiver four on that team. It's unfair of you to compare, what was it, the 12th overall pick? To the, the 23rd. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Should, and, 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 you know, and, and of course, Jameson and Williams and honestly, also had Addison, year, Addison so. wasn't even the best rookie receiver this year. He was maybe third or fourth best. I can't believe and that you. I'm <laughs> counting rushing yards in that, which also advantages Jameson Williams. I'm being very char- charitable to Jameson Williams here. <laughs> uh, but people going so insane. It's like I, I, I've I, my timeline just flooded when he scored that touchdown with people that it feels like are are willing Jamison Williams to be good so that they can pay so out can their complain. cynicism from trading down in 2022. So the, they the can be like, is, I was right. I was right about the Vikings. They are the stupid is, and they'll never wanted, win a Super Bowl. Wanted, it is going to snow tomorrow. If you, <laughs> if you wanted to be miserable about the way the Vikings have drafted, it was already there on championship weekend with Kyle Hamilton. You already had the ammunition mm-hmm. you needed, right? Oh, they went there too. I know, but man. Why, why don't you just folks, focus on that? Y'all know who you are. Repent, party foul. <laughs> just, just focus on the Kyle Hamilton thing and don't spend time on the Jamison Williams thing. It just makes you look stupider. Honestly, this yeah, guy yeah. is not good yet. Jamison Williams is not a good receiver yet, and we'll see. It's only what. Also, years, also, also, yet. Christian Watson, right? Like, and Watson. the Packers are the Packers' best receivers are like a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick right now. Yeah, Watson and might be wide receiver and four now. Are not are not killing it. Yeah, uh, what, and people, what's and every the guy who Christian tweeted? Watson makes the play. Watson, Christian Watson has a better upside than Justin Jefferson. That was a tweet this offseason. Are we going to get oh, that yeah. on Jamison that was, Williams? Oh, that's a Puko too? tweet. That's those aren't real. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> it's like a nice uh, insane homer take but at least you know that that's what you're like there's no, no I, I don't i don't have any to hide that. i think we covered all of them yeah all right well i've got a really good nerdy stat of the day on patrick mahomes after this on the minnesota football party which is brought to you today by jace medical We come to watch sports talk podcasts to escape the realities of life, but we got to be serious on occasion. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin. It's a tough flu season right now. That's real stuff. Um, And it's a helpless feeling when you don't have the care that you need. There might be supply chain issues, pharmacies unable to fulfill your prescription. Uh, You might have kids that are sick. They can't get the care they need. Well, the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs or respiratory infections, plenty more. Uh, That's stuff that could pop up at any time for any of us. Visit jacemedical.com. Get your Jace, uh, Jace case complete. You're meeting with a physician. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. And we're going to take some cost off of that as well. If you go to jacemedical.com, use our offer code locked on, one word, locked on, to get $20 off your order. It's never been more important to be prepared than today with the Jace case. And we end the show with the fan favorite segment. Analytics fans rejoice. Woo-hoo-hoo. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. Do we and get we any can... feedback that actually suggests that this is a fan favorite segment? Focus I'll never look every week. This show. Yes. <laughs> you can say whatever you um, want about me in there. I won't see it. We can parlay <laughs> this into 
some Chiefs Ravens talk. I thought it was the the less compelling of the two games, but not totally uncompelling either. But it was the seventeenth game in the playoffs in Patrick Mahomes' career. Convenient number because now we get to look at his first full season of playoff stats, and the numbers are as mind blowing as you would expect. Oh against the best opponents in the toughest environments, weather environments, crowd environments, Patrick Mahomes, 17 playoff games, 4,803 yards, 39 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and four Super Bowl appearances. Uh, I did not prepare a nerdy stat, but I did become familiar with the the contours of that particular statistic. So in lieu of providing my own, I will add on to yours, which is that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones, who have all been injured or have missed time for whatever reason over the past six years, have played more football than any other football player has over the past six years as a result of all of these postseason appearances, which doesn't include the bye weeks that they got uh, from being the top mm. seed, right? Uh, but they've played seven, they've played an extra season of football as a product of their incredible success. Um, their 14 and three season, by the way, would have made them the number one seed in both conferences. And also I believe is better than, uh, any of their records. I want to, did they, they did not have a 15 win season, right? So hmm. I believe this, their postseason record is their best regular season record as well. That's crazy. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Both those insane. <laughs> Be your, um, best your best is required. So because yeah. the Ravens were just so dominant all year, Lamar Jackson never attempted a pass while trailing by eight or more points all season. Ooh, that's until the second that, half. You see that Ben Solak tweeted out? The last snap that Lamar Jackson took with uh, with a 10-point deficit was in December of like 2021 or something. Yeah, props to Solak <laughs> digging that up. Unbelievable. So it's what, week 21 of the season, 19 games they've played, two buys in there. Probably could have used some more reps in those obvious passing situations yesterday. He just looked really out of sync, man. He he was not only never really comfortable or found any rhythm in the pocket, but it, it just felt like he was constantly on every single drop back trying to get it all back in one play, like just looking for the home run ball yes. or the splash play instead yeah, of yeah. just taking what the defense gives you and trying to keep the chain movement. Like you're down 10, man. It, it's going to take a couple drives here. It, it just really felt like, you were watching a quarterback just pressing so I, hard. I felt it was it was both of- Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin who were who were screwing that up because For they sure. were uh, they were dialing up a lot of really aggressive plays when that wasn't really necessary at least at that point in the game. Like I appreciate when you're backed up at your, if, when you're on your own one yard line throwing a deep ball. That I love that. I love the boxy. Doing it like three times in a row. Like get a first down, man. Like, mm-hmm. Relax. Right, right. Pump the brakes, dude. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. I I think Spags versus Monken, the way Spags outcoached him was the big storyline in that one. Uh, I mean, they go into half the league leaders in rushing yards, and they had, what, three running back rushes at halftime? Like, that's just inexcusable, man. I think they ended with with 81 rush yards, and you know Lamar. I didn't look it up, but Lamar had at least 40 of those. I'd have to go check. 54, I think. 54 of the 81, man? The league leaders in rushing yards? as somebody who took an alternate spread on Gus Edwards rushing yards, right? <laughs> and the alternate spread was the lower alternate spread, by the way. Oh, I am deeply familiar with how rarely Todd Munkin called for a run, yeah. which is insane. insane. That is what your team is, right? I, 
Like I not often that I'm going to be on here and, and, and say run the ball, but the Ravens should run the ball. They are a run That's the ball. That's what they do. That's their identity. Against the number year. two pass defense. Right. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. You got a lot like, of you know, Beckham out here trying to like, come on, man. You got Nelson Aguilar and Bateman out here trying yeah, to like, Rashad, like Okay, I love Rashad Bateman, but you cannot be like, I would prefer no. that Rashad Bateman catch the ball versus Gus Edwards running the ball. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, a, a lot of these times, in these types of games when both teams are just that good, comes down to coaching a lot of times. Spags, yeah. I think, just out. I mean, flat out, just, you know, out coach. Yeah, and no one's uh, going to hire him to be a head coach because he's won like six games out of 50 as right. a head coach. <laughs> Perfect. Fraud, yeah. I, I am really stretching what can count as a stat. Perfect. Uh, but I, I was curious last night, so I, I looked this up. There have been uh, 22 seasons since division realignment, which means there have been 88 division winners. Oh, uh, you tweeted that already. Wait a second. How many of them? Eight division NFC, winners times 22. Or in the, sorry, in the NFC, in the NFC. Okay, got it, got it. Because uh, this breaks in the NFC because of Tom Brady. <laughs> um <laughs> So in the NFC, unless you have Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, like specifically, uh, how many in the NFC, if you had to guess, if you haven't seen the tweet before, I have not, oh, I have not, we're, we're not repeat division winners. We're different division winners from the year before. Okay. Out of, of, 88, of, of 88, out of eight, give me a ballpark. Uh, I would guess slightly more than half. No, slightly less than half. So I'll go with 41. I'll go okay. with 41. I, Sam. I would say 68. Oh, we're, wow. We're Holy not. Holy crap, Sam. We're Sam's not. 67, right? 64. 64. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Good job, wow. Well wow. done. Yeah, 64. Wow. We're different from I, the year I before. I blame the NFC East and the NFC South for this. They never have repeats. That's half the conference. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, great. and? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it is... The NFC North is not as consistent. Like, there's a couple of times where you get the the Aaron Rodgers thing, but like the Vikings kind of broke that streak like a lot. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. They did actually a pretty good job of. of and then there were ball. a couple of Bears years. Like, it's really, really hard to do the division thing. If you do this for the AFC, uh, it there are 41 unique division winners, which is very funny. That like a full quarter of the division winners is just like, oops, Tom Brady, Tom Brady broke it. <laughs> oops, all Tom Brady. Yeah, that's pretty much was the AFC. And then the AFC East has been won three times in a row now by the by the Bills. So perfect. Yeah. We uh we went into championship weekend with a betting round robin contest with the outcome on the line. Arif Hassan had a two and zero record <laughs> with a chance to be tied and beaten via tiebreaker if he lost. Well, Arif I goes over the goal three. line here. Goodness. He he's yeah, a flower bad it. timeout extended yeah. he extended yeah. the ball he goes over three he had a hundred dollar lead and he lost his full hundred which he was required to bet so all luke inman needed to do was to get one correct bet and he did that with a seven point teaser ravens or i'm sorry chiefs and lions bet the underdogs cashed it and luke inman via tiebreaker wins our postseason round robin congratulations thank you, you so care much thank That's you so me. much gotta, gotta yep. execute yeah, what was your 150 rushing yards for any player? Did did any that come player close in any of the games? Because that was four to uh, one. I mean, yeah. that's juicy odds. Yeah. Well, if if the Lions just kept running Jamison Williams, I would have right, hit right. it. Right. That was your shot. Right there. That was your chance. <laughs> they didn't use their best weapon. 
Yeah, what's going on? I mean, really, you think McCaffrey would be the guy on paper, right, to go chalk? But yeah, I, right. I thought that, I thought it was going to appear in the well. I, I figured you know, between the Ravens, Lions, and 49ers, there's a pretty good shot at one of them hitting over 100. And once one of them hits over 100, 150 is kind of like in the in the cards. But really, mm-hmm. I was banking on a Brandon Ayuk minus 110 touchdown. Yeah. I was not thinking about the fact that I only needed to win one bet, right? And so I would have put fifty dollars into like a minus 200 somewhere, which is sure. the limit, right? Um, and sure. so I should have just done that. But I was really banking on Brandon Ayuk scoring. And off of the uh, the Kindle Vildor face mask bounce, he was down at like the one or the two. So he almost scored there. And then they mm. threw the ball to him on the very next play, and he dropped it. So everyone's upset about about these Josh Reynolds drops. I don't care about that. Brandon Ayuk, hold on to the ball, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, going Come in. On. You, I All mean... because you have one spectacular catch literally 20 seconds prior doesn't mean I'm giving you any credit for that because you know who else doesn't get credit? Me. And that's who matters. Yeah, right. Tight leash. Tight leash on Ayuk. Uh, yeah. Going in, I I, I assume Venmo you would hit one of those bets. I mean, the Lamar Ayuk anytime touchdown. But yeah, uh, yeah I, uh, I'll i be open to suggestions. If you guys see any good prop bets or anything, you know, leading up to Super Bowl. We got a couple weeks oh, don't here. Don't listen to me. But, I uh, suck, apparently. Yeah, we, we get we give Inman uh, a little free, free dough to make a bet on his own. And as a group, too, we have a history Yes, of doing do. first to- or first touchdown score in this game, and we've come tantalizingly close. I particularly remember when the 49ers and Chiefs played the last time. We had it on Kyle Huszczyk, who scored two touchdowns in the game, just not the first touchdown. <laughs> oh man, we could do Kyle Huszczyk again. Agonizing. I think we should do. I think we should go back to that. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've got two weeks to to talk that over. Cash it out on the Minnesota football party on Thursday. We'll get back into our uh, Vikings QB targets and free agency targets, but a good talk today about championship Sunday uh, for the Lukes, for Arif Hassan. Thank you to the everydayers for watching tomorrow. It's the Ron Johnson show here in locked on sports, Minnesota. Please subscribe. We'd appreciate it and hear us on locked on Vikings. <laughs>